0: I had a podcast prepared for today and had everything laid out, and as I was praying about it, I don't feel that's the direction that the Holy Spirit wants to take this morning. So I am going to just step out in faith and follow Him, and it it's much more important to me to make sure I am following the Holy Spirit than what I think the podcast should be. This has nothing to do with me. And you know, I really wish the church would, and many churches still, still do this, but it'll many more do not. I wish the church would follow that. You know, we're so concerned about everything being in some kind of order. And I don't believe the order is necessarily the concern for what God's kind of idea of order is. In other words, it's more about our idea of order like what what makes sense for us we want to make sure people are not uncomfortable and they can come in expecting the same thing and and being able to leave church at the same time every day and I think that's really sad because we have cut the Holy Spirit out of our services I remember a time at least I at least sat underneath a pastor for a number of years that would you know would, would approach the pulpit say hey I had a Sermon ready today, but as I'm sitting here in praise and worship, I just feel like the Holy Spirit doesn't want to do that today, and He is in command of the service. So right now, I just feel like it's time for people to, if you have sickness or you need prayer, or if you've got depression or whatever, you need to come forward. We're going to lay hands on you and pray for you, and um, those services become messy. And I'm I'm not real sure where the disconnect in the church happened between ministry and messiness, because I'm going to tell you something. When you really touched by God and you've got some issues and you have been in his presence and you're delivered of those things, whether it's a healing in your body or healing in your mind or whatever the case may be, there is ugly crying going on. It's not the little tears running down. I'm talking about protruding tears, not running down your face, just broken. And those are the services that America right now needs to have. And I'm afraid that a lot of times when people go in looking for that kind of encounter, they leave church wanting because there's nothing in most churches today that has that kind of encounter. And and it, what's sad to me is that many Pentecostal and charismatic churches have fallen into this seeker-friendly model of, hey, we're going to sing two to three songs exactly. We're going to do announcements exactly for two two or three minutes. And then we're going to have a 35-minute exactly TED Talk, and we're done in an hour or an hour and a half. And you can bet to bottom dollar that you can go in there every Sunday, and it will be... Exactly that every Sunday, and I'm wondering what happened to the services where the Holy Spirit come up and just wrecked everybody's plans. Where are those at? Because that's what America needs right now. And I I try not to watch the news too much because really what I see in the news is the the polarism of news media. So. We all know the CNN and MSNBC, they're all liberal. We all know that Fox News is conservative. And basically, when you watch any of them, it's one bashing the other. It's, you know, this group bashing the liberals and the liberals bashing the conservatives. And I just get sick of listening to the complaining all the time. This is what we got God's in control. He's placed Joe Biden in office. I know that's going to be hard for people to hear because America is under judgment. And if you don't see that, you might want to open your eyes because it is under judgment. We have become judgment. Now, judgment is not to destruction. It's for repentance. God is trying to get our attention. Now, whether we're paying attention or not, I don't know. I think there's pockets of people waking up in the church because my, my personal belief beyond a shadow of a doubt is that the church is America's only hope. It is, it is the church allowing the Holy Spirit to move through it in order to bring this country back to where it started. And I'm not talking about a theocracy. I'm talking about some kind of moral fiber being reinstituted into this country. And right now, I'll be honest with you, if we're behind the eight ball greatly, and we see pockets of revival breaking out. We're seeing different things happening, but there's still too many churches asleep. There's still too many charismatic Pentecostal churches that should have the Holy spirit moving with power within their midst that do not, you know, where are the gifts of the spirit in operation. And I know what Paul says. I understand the Bible. I have a master's degree in biblical study. So I understand that we're to do all things in order. And I agree with that. But when they're order does not mean absence of, and when I walk into a church and it's supposed to be Pentecostal or charismatic, and there's no prophetic word given, there's no move of the Holy Spirit, no one's being prayed for, there's no being no laying hands on the sick. The pastor's not going up there and saying, you know what, the Holy Spirit doesn't want me to preach today. He just wants to do ministry. We have a problem in the church. And we we have gotten so so seeker friendly and become so worldly, that we have no more of a separation between who we are and who the world is. So basically, we're worldly people that say we believe in God. And thus, what we have is a mixture of world world worldviews within people that call themselves Christians that have nothing to do with a biblical worldview. It's a mixture of all these different things, and it is Crazy to me. I want to read you guys something that I think is really interesting, and this is from Acts chapter five. Now, if you've ever read Acts chapter five, it's an interesting it's an interesting passage because you have Ananias and Sapphira. They both lie to the apostles about selling property and giving it all and they didn't. They held some back. And the Holy Spirit basically, because they lied to the Holy Spirit and to God, they both dropped down dead. That's some serious stuff right there. And this again, this this is New Testament. This is an old testament. I think people get a little confused with that. The Holy Spirit's already fell. Everybody's been baptized. They're speaking in tongues and this you know, the gifts of the Spirit are in operation and these guys lie about basically for status they wanted to be in, in the status in the in the cool group you know cuz the cool group sold some property cuz they were you know had some property and they took all that they had or made from that property and gave it to the church as the church was starting up and so they wanted to be part of the cool kids but they didn't want to give up all the money so they basically sold their property held some back but then made it appear that they gave it all and uh Again, that's like that whole false hypocritical appearance. Holy Spirit didn't appreciate that a whole lot, and yeah, they fell down dead. Right after that, we have verses 12 through 16, and it says, Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared to join them, but the people held them in high esteem. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats, that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. The people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Now, you may ask, where's Peter's shadow and where all these things are happening in America? Well, they're, they're, they are in, in pockets. But unfortunately, where they're happening is not in America anymore like they used to be. They're happening in other countries around the world. And we should be, we should be jealous for the things of God. When we see other countries moving with power and seeing miracles and signs and wonders with the preaching of the gospel and thousands coming to Christ when it's not convenient to come to Christ in some of these countries because you lose your job or you lose your social status or sometimes you're even thrown in prison but yet they're 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 coming to Christ in thousands you know we have muslims that are seeing dreams of Jesus waking up and giving their lives to Christ and these there's there's mighty supernatural wonders happening all over the Southern hemisphere of the world but it ain't happening here. And we start to, we need to start to ask why that is. And we need to become jealous for the things of God. See, there is, jealousy is not a good thing when it's about your neighbor's boat that you wanna have or your neighbor's car. But when we become jealous for the things of God, like when we see somebody else and we're like, you know what, I want that. I wanna I want to draw closer to God. I wanna know why that's not happening in my church. I wanna know why that's not happening in our community. Why we, well, what's going on here that that it's not flowing in here? Is it me? Do I need to get on my face and and, and start seeking God with everything that I have? And do I need to repent? And I'm preaching to me as much as I am to you guys. But the reality of it is there's no holy hunger in a lot of our communities and nations for the things of God. We are too consumed with keeping things at status quo and not disrupting the boat. So we can go to church and have our one to one and a half hour little service and soothe our conscience and then when we're We're okay for the rest of the week. You see, that was never what Christianity was supposed to be. If that's how you felt about Christianity back when it started, you did not join it. As you notice, that's what I said, none of the rest dared to join them, but they still held them in self-esteem. You see, Jesus said himself, count the cost. No one builds a building without counting the cost. Make sure you're willing to lay it down before you pick it up. And we have just completely forgotten that message. The American church in most instances makes coming to Christ this seem like a little simple prayer and then you're done and you never have to revisit it again. That is not in the gospels, that is not in the Bible. Jesus tells you that there is a price for discipleship. There's not a price for your your salvation you get that absolutely free. It's a free gift from God, the grace of God. But you, there is a price for discipleship. It means you have to lay down your life. You have to give it to him. And in giving it to him, the promise is that you find everything because he is the pearl of great price. He is the treasure hidden in the field. And so when we, we give everything to him, the promise is we are fulfilled in more ways than we can count. But that also means that this world will not like us. See, if the world likes you, if CNN's calling you for an interview to get your opinion because they know you're going to say something that's pro their side, there could be a problem. There could be something in your message or the way you're handling things that is not separated from the world. Because I can guarantee you that with the delusion and the deception that exists within the United States, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ will offend people. And I don't care how you do it. We do it with love. We do it with mercy and grace. We try to do that. But when you stand in front of this crowd right now that's in this country and you say there is only one way to heaven and that is through Jesus Christ. You cannot get there through Buddha. You cannot get there through New Age practices. You cannot get there through worshiping Allah and Muhammad. There is no other way into heaven and no other name under heaven which we might be saved and that is only through Jesus. And when you say that, I can guarantee you there will be many offended but there also will be many that recognize somebody is preaching with boldness and conviction in what they believe because nobody else is and so when we stand up and say abortion is wrong because god you every person is created in god's image and it is every image is sacred before god and life is sacred before him Every single life is important. When we stand up and say that in front of these people that are deluded. Now, we're to love these people. I'm not saying, but again, do you think this is something that they're just going to accept you and say, oh, it's cool? Well, absolutely not. Because the proof of that is in how many churches are still quiet about abortion and not saying anything about those, those issues or situations. And it's just amazing to me that we have all these churches out here that some of them are pro-choice. And uh, I'm a hard-line standard. I mean, I'm going to take a hard line on this, and I know many people would probably disagree with me, but, I, you know, there's others out there that take the same. I, I have a hard time believing you can be a Christian and pro-choice. There's something, there something is a disconnect with your relationship with the heart of Christ, And that's what Christianity is. It's not a religion. It's not a do or don't you can, a checklist where you can insert your political views and still be a Christian. That's not how this works. It is laying everything down and saying, I am under the word of God and under the authority of Christ. Not, I can just, you know, use Jesus as some seasoning and spice up my life a little bit and hopefully get that brand new car. If I give 10% of my money and blab it and grab it kind of deal, that's not how this works. And to sit and to think that we can bring those things together and enter there's something wrong. There's something wrong with your heart. When I see people that are, are saying these things that to be honest with you, so for instance, the way to cure the crises in the foster care system is to make abortion even more like to expand the, the, the abortion laws to make it more legal to make you know to, to make less restrictions on abortion because that is their answer to solving the foster care system issue. That grieves my heart because I know some people that believe that and they're good uh, they're good people in a, in a sense that I don't, they honestly feel that that's a better solution. But I look at that and I'm like, oh my goodness. So killing somebody is the answer. Ripping a baby from the womb is the answer. I mean, do does has anybody that that expresses this view watched a abortion and what happens? It's 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 medieval. It's 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 unbelievable. And yet we I've seen this on Facebook. I've seen this posted everywhere. And it is a legitimate solution to some people for the foster care system that abortion is one of the key instruments to to keep it from becoming worse. So my argument is going to be real simple on this. Abortion was the law of the land for 50 years, and yet we have still managed to overrun the uh, the foster care system And I agree, it is a mess and it is a problem, but it's not because abortion was the solution because you had that law, federal law, for 50 years and it still didn't negate the problem of foster care. Though the problem with foster care is the lack of morality within this nation. You talk about people coming out and saying, well, it's unrealistic for people to say don't have sex. Really, because then you're actually telling God his laws are not pure and holy and they're unrealistic, and we're not following. Right there, my, my fellow Christians, my fellow believers, right there is the problem because we, we just brush aside some of the laws that God has thinking that he's just this old fuddy-duddy in heaven that just doesn't want us to have fun when in reality the laws of God are there to keep us safe and to keep these problems from happening that we're having today. The pre-marital sex, men going around having sex with multiple different women and impregnating them and then never being around when those babies are born. Absentee fatherism is one of the main things that cause foster care and on top of the drug addiction issues and all these other things that we have. But when you really boil down to it, People don't want to hear that we got to get our morals correct. We got to get some some things straightened out there. They want all they want to do is they want their cake and they want to eat it too. They want to be able to sin and not have the consequence for sin. Well, I'm here to tell you that has come to roost its ugly nest in America because America right now, no doubt in my mind, is under the judgment of God. Now, judgment's not right now under wrath where it's for destruction. It is to bring people to repentance and it starts with the church the church has to begin to waken up and i believe it is in many many areas but we still have far too many churches asleep we still have far too many churches not doing what they're supposed to be doing and i don't i don't care how many outreach programs you got How many people have you brought to Christ in the last couple days, couple weeks, couple months, couple years? How many people have come in? Or is it just that steady recycling of Christians throughout the community that get sick of their church and want to try something else for a while? How many have we actually saved? How many have we brought into the kingdom? When was the last time the Holy Spirit came in and just wrecked your service and people got set free and healed? How many men in your congregation need to be delivered from 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 pornography how many men and women in your congregation are having an affairs how many men and women in your congregation are struggling with drug addiction alcohol addiction how many men and women are actually going to work and representing God well by being that light in that that city on on the hill how many are doing that that's my question and it's a good question i think and one that needs to be answered You see, one of the things that I find most interesting about the book of Acts, and when we read this, and many sensations say, well, that was just to get the church started. Well, here's the problem. If you really believe that, then, one, you can can show me somewhere in the Bible where Paul says the gifts and the Holy Spirit, all those things are supposed to go away. That's nowhere in the Bible. I've heard all the arguments you have to stretch them out to believe that. I've also done a, a very deep study for my master thesis on the early church fathers for the first 700 years. And I can guarantee you, by in, even in the year 750, they were still seeing healings, they were seeing exorcisms, they were seeing people set free, they were having all these power encounters with different pagan religions, it was still happening even then, so that argument doesn't hold water. But the other issue that you look at with this is that why aren't we seeing these things in the church today? Do we have to see this every service? I don't believe so. I believe some services are are meant to be, you know, a, a, a beautiful worship service and a and a strong teaching from the pulpit that needs to happen. But that's the other issue: is most of the teaching from the pulpit doesn't dive into the dive into the, the real word of God. It's surface level stuff. And you can't always blame the pastor for that because we as a congregation want to have our ears tickled. We want to hear the cool stuff, you know. We want to hear everything's going to be good and God's going to give you a brand new Mercedes. And we want to hear that kind of stuff. We don't want to hear the other stuff. We don't want to put the, the, the time in to really know what God is saying and what God says in his word we just wanted to have somebody regurgitate to us some really cool stuff that sounds good and makes us feel good about ourselves. I really don't think church was meant to do that. In fact, I know it's not when you read the book of Acts. now I'm not saying we shouldn't be encouraged, absolutely. I think God does encourage us. In fact, when we read 2 Timothy 4 or 3.16, it tells us very plainly what the word of God is used for. But when we see in the Old in the new, or in the Book of Acts, not in the old covenant, but in the new covenant, where people were not joining because they knew this is serious business to, to make a decision to go with, to go and be a Christian, and then we just see it flippantly. We have cheapened the cross. We have cheapened the cross of Christ, the price He paid for our salvation. We 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 treat it. Like it's no big deal. Like we can just give it away. It's like and, and he is. But what I'm saying is there's no reverence. We've we've taken it and just made it cheap. That's why we backslide and that's why we 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 rot rated our movies when we should and, and that's why we you know, we give somebody the bird when they cut us off or they do something stupid because we don't realize the price that was paid. And see, we were the Bible says we were bought and purchased with a price, and so we were to present ourselves as living sacrifices to 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 the Lamb, and that is His reward. And so when we do that, we we reflect His image upon the world, and then the world says, "You know what? I want that." That's what I want. I want the peace that surpasses all understanding. I want the fruit of the spirit. I'm not talking about the gifts of the spirit. How about the fruits of the spirit? peace, love, joy, the things that you have in the middle of storms, the things when, when everything's crashing around you, you still have that peace to know that God's going to pull you out of that thing. And I've been through some stuff in my time and I've both responded well and I've responded poorly. Most of the time I've responded poorly, but I have come to a place in my life now as I have gotten order, is that I don't have time to respond poorly anymore. I am actually over the hump. I have less years ahead of me than what I do behind me. And so it's time to get serious about god and i'm not and i would encourage everybody out there at the younger generation to not waste your time in your life like i did in many areas On things of this world and to focus on God and to really commit to serving and following Him and watch and see what He does in your life. It will blow your mind. There are there are testimonies out there of people just laying it down and saying, Here I am, send me, and God gives and just opens doors and things and and, and does miracles in their life that is just fantastic because he's still a God that does those things he's still a God that does the miraculous he's still a God that heals people he's still a God that he delivers and sets free and you know there are was a time when I would say I would rather somebody else do it than me. But I have become so stirred in walking and going to different churches and trying to it, it fit in and see to, to the point where I'm like, you know what, Lord, if you send me, I'll do it myself. I'll set up a tent. I'll find a building. I'll do something, and I'll begin to preach the word of god as it is supposed to be preached and i'm not saying that because i'm prideful it's i am sick of status quo christianity i have about it just makes me want to vomit i go into a church and it's like it's just the same thing over and over again I allow the holy spirit to move my my goodness gracious we have the greatest power in the universe inside of us. And when I go to church, I see people that are broke, busted and disgusted, not full of joy, not full of energy, not full of, you know, every sickness every disease every demon is an opportunity to glorify the name of god it is not something to be brought down and 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 to just be woe with me about it is something to begin to, to to speak into and say you know what greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world but bible says if i lay hands on the sick I, they will recover i just read you reverse that said pl- quite frankly and clearly that all were healed that even that even peter's shadow healed people where are those with Peter's shadow? Where are those that believe that God still heals today? Where are those that are ready to stand up and say, not on my watch, not on my watch. This is not going to happen. When I look across the church, I just want to scream, wake up wake up because you're you're, you're going to miss the hour of your visitation the hour of your visitation has come and you're going to sleep through it wake up church it's time to wake up because the holy spirit wants to do a great work in this country because when great darkness surrounds us when great darkness is all through the world then that is when the light shines the greatest that is when the harvest fields are ripest that is when god will bring a harvest like we have never seen and if we're not careful we're going to miss the hour of our visitation and so i just want to encourage people here today to begin to seek god with all your heart come out of babylon Come out of her. If you're going to a church that is status quo, that refuses to get in line with the Holy Spirit, that refuses to speak on issues that are pertinent to this culture, that refuses to stand up and preach the word of God and uncompromisingly, then get out. Get out of that church. Revelation 18:4. Then I heard a voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins, and lest you share in her plagues. He's talking about the Babylon. Babylon's system of doing things and the church has become so worldly that we want to say, "Hey, look, guys, we are just like you." When what the church should be saying is say, "Hey, look, guys, we're different. We're going through this too, but greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world." And so we are shining brighter, and that's the church is what it's supposed to be, not this place to go to soothe your conscience. It's a place to go to get refueled, re-energized and to take his presence out into a hurting and dying world regardless of where you work and regardless of what you're doing at that time in your life. That's what it's supposed to be. And it's time we start stepping up and doing it. And I'm here to tell you Uh, and it's it's begun it's happened it's begun in the last two years it's going to continue those that have been hirelings of the church those that have do not have a call but just think that it would be a really cool profession to have because they can get up and speak and make their own schedule and la-di-da and all that stuff those people are being exposed and they're going to continually being swept aside. God's either going to give them a choice, repent and do what you're supposed to do or get out. And that's going to begin to happen even more so than what it's happening now and more on a local level. You're going to start to see churches on local levels being exposed for things that are not correct, that they've been doing, that they've been given chances over and over and over again to repent and those churches are going to begin to be exposed and those people are going to be removed. And you're going to see a dividing line begin to happen you're going to see the church, the harlot bride, the the Babylonian system, the Babylon church, to begin to be separated from God's remnant, from the holy church, from the body of Christ. And you'll see that, that distinct separation between those that are following Jesus and those that want to be lovers of the world. And those things are coming. So I told you to buckle up, and I wasn't joking. So I hope this message blessed you, stirred you, and encouraged you. And until we talk again, God bless.